Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. In today's episode, we are going to walk through the transformative journey of a hairstylist who took the leap to become independent. I'm really excited to share some of the valuable insights and actionable tips that we work through to elevate your hairstylist career and achieve the success you desire, no matter which part of the industry you're in. My guest today is a talented stylist, and she is going to talk about her reasons for leaving a commission salon and becoming an independent stylist. Ali was tired of missing out on precious moments with her family, and she wasn't getting the flexibility that she was hoping for. However, the transition to becoming a booth renter was not without challenges. And I think this is the case whenever we transition into a new area of the hair industry or even just a new salon. So Allie's going to open up about the unexpected hurdles that she faced from navigating taxes to figuring out how to pay herself to managing the supply expenses. Allie, like a lot of stylists, did not have the proper guidance in her salon community. So she really had to find the answers on her own. The turning point for Allie came when she realized the power of effective marketing. She's going to share the realities of what it looked like when she relied solely on existing clients from her previous salon and what happened once she had the realization that attracting new clients was going to require a fresh approach. Allie gets really actionable and tangible and in the last five minutes of this episode she gives one of the most sane and balanced pieces of advice that I absolutely loved. Ali is now making more money working three days a week behind the chair than she was when she was working full time. And she has really overcome the difficulties that she faced at the beginning of stepping into entrepreneurship. Ali is an alumni of my program, and I absolutely cannot wait to share her story. So without further ado, let's dive in. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. It is always so exciting for me when I get to interview and chat with one of my former Beauty Biz Brand Academy or Beauty Brand Bootcamp alumni. And so I'm really, really stoked for today's interview. My guest and I worked together probably back in 2021, which is insane how fast time has passed. So join me in welcoming Allie to the show. Allie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I can't wait to just catch up and hear about everything that has happened and everything, you know, the journey over the past few years. But before we get to the past couple of years, why don't we talk about how did you get into the industry? What did that beginning of that journey look like for you? So I got into the industry right out of high school. I graduated and started cosmetology school in September. 
that was a long time in the cosmetology school because I ended up having my son actually while I was in there. So it took me a little while to graduate, but I did it. (laughs) So I have been in the industry for 15 years. So you had your son while you were in cosmetology school. What was it that made you take the leap and go to school to become a hairstylist? Because I always think this is such an interesting thing. We all have so many different reasons for getting into this industry. I have loved doing hair and makeup for as long as I can remember. I've loved like the fashion and fun and like making somebody feel good of it. I I did my siblings hair all growing up and just kind of fell into that. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. My dad pushed really hard for me to go to college, but I was like, I just don't want to go there. This is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I also went to hair school right out of high school. So I totally relate to that. Was there anything that surprised you about the industry once you got behind the chair, once you started working? It was hard. Like coming in my town, it's a really small town. And there was not a lot of hair salons outside of just bigger corporate chains, like Great Clips and smart style. That's actually where I worked first coming out. So trying to find something that offered education and support for a hairstylist that wasn't like a fast paced thing was really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the bigger things when people come into the industry is that like, especially now I can imagine like you and I have been in the industry for a long time, but I can imagine someone coming out of cosmetology school now with everything that we see on Instagram and everything, you know, it, it probably is a little bit of a of a culture shock, I guess, when you get out of beauty yeah. school, because despite, you know, the like where our industry is elevating so much, but I think that it is definitely not widespread yet. So yeah. thank you for sharing that because it, it is it can be a lot harder than than you anticipate. So you went out of hair school into a chain salon um, where I assume they were kind of giving you clients. So how long were you there and what did your transition out of that look like? I was there, I think a little over a year. Uh, right out of cosmetology school, went to Smart Style in a Walmart. Yeah. And there was, you didn't have appointments. It was just kind of who locked in was what you got. I, I did not love it. It was very difficult. And I was trying actively the whole time I was there to find something else. Right. Uh, and then my husband actually joined the army. And it took us away from my town and we moved to Texas and I found a salon there. It was actually an Aveda salon. So they offered a lot of education and support for the hairstylist. And I think if it wasn't for me getting into something like that, I would have probably lost my passion for what I was doing. Yeah. You know, the stylists that I talk to now are stylists who are visionaries, they're majority entrepreneurs, like they definitely have a strong purpose for what they're doing. And I think what a lot of us have in common is at some point being in employment situations where we strongly thought about leaving the industry or did leave the industry. Yeah. Because one of the things, and I don't know about you, Ali, but for me, uh, inspiration and purpose is very important in my work. And definitely. Yeah. And I think that's something a lot of us have in common, because if you're listening to this podcast, you care about your career. You know what I mean? Like that's 
the people who are in this community are really here for something bigger. It's not just about like doing the hair and going home. It's about the impact. It's about the creativity, the possibility, all of those things. And so being in uninspiring environments can really wreak havoc on your enjoyment of this profession. Oh, yeah. Because you want to get into it because you love doing hair. You love helping people. But you also want to be in an environment where there's continued opportunities for growth and development. Yes, 100%. And it's funny because like when even when I'm like consulting with salon owners and things like that, like that's one of the things that is so important. I think if you are running even a commission-based salon, like today's top talent is evolving, like evolving rapidly. And no, not everyone wants to be self-employed, but a lot of us a lot of professionals now that are goal oriented that do want to be at the top of their field are looking for that growth and inspiration and you know that possibility so it's something that's really important to facilitate i think moving forward yeah for sure so that's kind of the oh go ahead no go ahead that's kind of the difficulty with like being booth rental Uh, you are the captain of your own ship to say so you get there and you're kind of like, all right, so where do I go now? Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. So let's fast forward a little bit. So you've now been an independent stylist for seven years, right? Yes. Okay. So I can't wait to talk about the last couple of years and how, you know, everything that's happened in, in that time. But like, what at the beginning of you going independent look like? What were your reasons? What was the reality? Like, tell me, about that beginning part of becoming an independent stylist? Yeah, I, so my husband was in the military. We came back home to a home state in Kentucky and I started in a commission salon here. I was there for almost four years and I just kind of got to a point where it was like, you know, I don't want to have to ask somebody else's permission to take time off. To be with my family. My kids were both very small still and very active and T-ball and all of their activities. And I just felt like I was missing out on so much. So I started looking out at ways to branch out independent. I contacted somebody that I'd went to hair school with and Mm -hmm. she took me into her salon, made space for me. And that's where I got started with being an independent hairstylist. Amazing. So what was the beginning of that journey like for you? Was there anything that was harder than you thought? Was there anything like, tell me about that, that starting point. Cause I know when I became an independent stylist, there were definitely things that I did not anticipate. Yes. Knowing how to do your taxes. Oh yeah. That's a big one. No idea how to do my taxes, paying yourself Mm -hmm. and knowing there's so much to spend on your supplies all of those things were very confusing mm-hmm. and the salon that I got into there wasn't a lot of, that wasn't a conversation that was happening amongst right. everyone there was not really anybody guiding you on how to start as an independent hairstylist just kind of like all right you're here right show right. up for your clients yeah yeah for sure So did you find the like process? Because 
often what I hear is like when stylists go booth rental, and this is like, if you're listening, if you can relate, send me a DM because I think this is something that's very widespread. It's like you go independent and you have a lot of clients from your previous salon. And then what ends up happening is, of course, there's churn. Like, no, the best stylist in the world is not going to keep every single client that they have forever. And then it comes a point where it's like, oh, okay, so now I need to actually figure out this marketing thing because I'm not getting clients that are fed to me anymore. And it's interesting because a lot of the time it doesn't happen right away when you go independent. Maybe it even takes like a couple of years for you to really notice it, but you do your taxes year after year and you're like, I'm earning less than I was <laughs> my first year. So can we talk Absolutely. about that a little bit? Did you have that experience? Yeah. I, when I left the salon, I was out of, I did, I had a lot of clients follow with me. And then I think after like a year or two, you know, I live near a military town. So a lot of those people were starting to move away. Right. And I didn't have that constant influx of new clients that the other salon was bringing in. So now it's got, it's up to me. So I started to see the importance of marketing myself, but not understanding how to do it effectively. Right. Right. So it took, I think it took about a year or two before I started seeing like, oh, okay, good. I've got to figure that part out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think when you open any business, like there's just so many different, I mean, if you look at it as a corporation, like it's different like departments almost, right? So, you know, you have to figure out your operations. You have to figure out the finances. You have to figure out your ordering. You have to figure out, you know, your marketing and all of these things. And you just can't do it all at once. So I -hmm. think that is such a relatable story, Allie, because, it happens to all of us at some point, right? Because the communication with your clients, like there's a lot of different factors. And so it's, I think like the marketing thing tends to kind of fall by the wayside for the first little bit because you're just so busy figuring everything else out. Yes. But the problem with that is that like, you know, like you said, when people move, people, you know, move on, people maybe stop coloring their hair, they stop getting extensions or any of these things happen then it can feel very scary and almost like you've got a lack of control, which is interesting because we we start businesses to have control. And yeah. <laughs> the reality is that if you're not able to, to attract clients and you know even if you don't notice it for the first year or two, it can really put a dent in your confidence and your ability to sustain your business. Oh, yeah. And then you just start operating everything out of fear. Mm, Yeah. So did you notice, like, was it a point where you were like, oh, I need to start like offering discounts? Once you realize like, okay, I need to start like figuring something out to attract clients. Like, what was your initial like reaction and and operation? Definitely the discounting. Mm -hmm. I remember doing that, offering specials to try to get people in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, doing those kinds of things to try to mark, try to get people in my chair. I didn't post so much on social media. I was more like trying to get people by word of mouth. But when you're right. discounting and doing those that kinds of things, that's not really necessarily the word of mouth that you want. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. And it's interesting. It's almost like certain marketing things take a little while to hit smaller towns, right? So now, at least 
in my small town, like everyone is using Instagram and like, you know, everyone is kind of like doing all that, but it takes a little while and there are different areas that you kind of focus in on. But what's interesting is that I notice even for the small town stylists that I work with, even if maybe their clients are searching for them using Instagram or like Googling or whatever, that's how referrals work now. So people will be like, oh, mm-hmm. check out their website, check out their Instagram. So what are your what are your thoughts on the importance of, you know, having those elements even as a small town stylist? Oh, they're absolutely important. A lot of more I've done a research on my own clients asking them like how they found me. And a lot of what I get is referrals and Google yeah. searches, but having strong presence on social media is where people are going to see if they're if you're somebody they want to work with yes like they've found you but they need to know why they want to work with you yeah so it's absolutely important to have that and it's so true because I even think about my own habits right and even when it's like whether I'm looking to hire a business coach or I'm looking to get a facial or no matter what I'm looking for Sometimes I'll either ask for recommendations or I'll hear on a podcast or sometimes I'll Google it or sometimes I'll search on Instagram. But I notice that what I do, no matter what, is I always look at their social media, no matter where I find them. Because one of one of our previous guests, her name is Piper. She's also a dear friend and she's a, a web designer and branding expert. And she said it so beautifully that I'm just going to repeat exactly what she said. A website legitimizes your business and social media humanizes your business. And so I think they're a very important kind of thing to go together. And so let's talk about like when you kind of got serious, like did you see, I guess, like what did that look like? And then did you see a distinct difference like before I got serious about building my brand and after kind of thing? Yeah, in so many ways. Hey, what one of my friends that I worked with in Texas, she started working working with a coach and I seen her doing that. And yeah. that kind of sent me down the rabbit hole of like, oh, I can have a business that feels good to me mm-hmm. and not just taking whatever comes to me. Okay. So I went down the rabbit hole of like searching looking for someone to help me build my brand and teach me how to use social media to guide in the people that I'm looking for. And once I started doing that, I was so blown away with the fact that I can call in people that were wanting the services that I wanted to do. You have seen a difference and you live in a small town. So there is availability for you no matter where you live to grow your brand and to really get serious about your business. So what are some of the most like tangible things that you learned that you've applied that you attribute to your success? Because like, honestly, I look at your Instagram and I look at your presence online and it is insane how far you've come and the way that you're creating content now, like it just has such an elevated vibe to it. And so I just really want to commend you on that because I love, love watching your journey and watching everything. So yeah, like share some of the more tangible tips that made the biggest impact on you. What I feel like made the biggest impact was choosing to focus in on 
certain educators, Mm. not listening to everyone and everything that you see. Mm -hmm. Because if you start listening to everything, you will get nowhere. Mm -hmm. Just trying to implement everything that's being thrown at you and you're creating no consistency at all. Yeah. So that that was first things first. Like Mm -hmm. just pick someone that speaks to you. Yeah. Their content works for your business Mm -hmm. and follow that. Stay consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Creating a brand. Like colors and fonts and those things are important because they your clients see it and recognize it as you yeah because I think that you said like your brain only processes so much at one time yes a hundred percent and a lot of that information is visual and you know it's funny because like that's one of the things I love when you came through beauty brand bootcamp before it was beauty biz brand academy and so that's like one of my favorite parts. And I think that's one of the parts that scares people the most is like, I'm not a graphic designer. I can't create my own brand, but it's not that it's hard. It's once you're intentional and you like learn those foundations, it very much is doable. And you can see visual proof if you look at Ali's Instagram oh, yeah. page. So what was the process of that like? And, and was it harder than you anticipated? Was it easier than you anticipated? What did that feel like going through the process? Well, first of all, I am not a very techie person and learning those things was both like scary and exciting for me because I'm not a technical person. I I tend to like steer away from those things and just kind of fall back on like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And going through that and learning it kind of showed me that I can do that. And Mm -hmm. if I can learn this, like then I can learn all of these other things too. So that was very, very exciting for me just to like being guided through that. Yeah. Oh, you know, I just want to like pull something out of what you said, because like, I'm going to paraphrase this because I think it's one of the most important things. A lot of the time we're scared to learn a new skill because we think it's going to be like hard or we think we can't do it or whatever. But I always like want to remind anyone who's listening to this as a hairstylist, you have already learned something that is not natural to most people. My first haircut that I ever did, specifically, I remember my first scissor over comb cut and it was probably one of the more stressful moments because this person's hair, like it literally just would not smooth out. Like no matter what I did, I had to call over the stylist that I was working with because I did an apprenticeship. And honestly, it was so stressful. And now I could do a scissor over comb cut with my eyes closed. And, and it didn't take that long to get good at it. So the reason yeah. I share that is because often we're so scared because we're like, well, I can't do this. I can't learn this. And we think it's like, oh, we're permanently adding this thing to our to-do list. But it's not the case because once you learn it, you know it. And like, then yes. you're empowered to, to learn other skills. And it gives you this confidence that you can do hard things and you can learn new things. Absolutely. It, it has sent me down a spiral of like, if I can learn to do this, then I can probably learn to do this. Yeah. And yeah. learning how to do all the like systems and automation and yeah. building a website. Well, I didn't know I could build a website. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those things where it's like, I wish I could just like infuse this confidence into every stylist because it really, 
will give you so much more faith in yourself and your ability to do hard things. And I think that's at the core of entrepreneurship. You're always going to have challenges. There are always going to be things that maybe don't go the way that you were expecting right off the hop. And so if you can have that inner strength and that inner confidence that, you know what, if this doesn't work out exactly the way I want, I can figure it out. I can learn it. I've got the resilience. I've got the grit. Like that is something that will take you far in literally every part of your life. So I love that you shared that. Yes. And my next question would be, because when it comes to education, it's not about what we learn, it's about what we do. So the implementation is actually what's going to get you the result. Yes. The the analogy I heard the other day was like, you can watch 12 hours of YouTube videos on how to be an Olympic swimmer and how to, you know, be a great swimmer. But if you never get in the pool, it's not actually going to improve your your ability, right? And so... What I noticed is that when we worked together, you really did implement, like you took what you learned, you applied it. I'm sure over time you've made it your own, but tell me a little bit about what it felt like to start actually implementing the marketing strategies and the content strategies that you learned. Because so often people will come into a program, they'll do the first couple modules and they won't actually apply the rest of it, but you did. And that is probably why the trajectory of your business has changed. So can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, when I started the course, I was very much like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to implement the way that things have been set for me to implement it and follow through with that, stay consistent and then see how it's working for me. Because I think a lot of times people get into these courses and they're like, oh, well, I don't need to do that. Part. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't need to do that part. Well, you didn't, you're not doing it the way that it was intended. So you can't fully say if it's working or not. Totally. So you, you need, and you can pay for all the things in the world, all the courses and classes mm-hmm. in the world. But if you're not actually <laughs> implementing them, then you're not getting what you signed yourself up for. Totally. And I think we've all been there at one point or another. Like, you know, I've definitely signed up for things that I'm not quite followed all the way through. And it's interesting because in those instances, I did not get the result that I was looking for because I did not do the work. So I think that's super important to think about if you're going to dedicate yourself to a program, if you're going to dedicate yourself to learning something, it is, it's one of those things where you, you do need to see it through. What does it feel like now? Do you think about your marketing in the same way that you did before you knew all this stuff? Or is it second nature now? Like, what does it feel like when you are creating, when you're doing your marketing? Is that just part of your, part of your routine now? I feel like now it just flows. Before it, before it feels natural, it's stressful. But once you have everything set up, you don't have to think about it and worry about it so much when okay. when you're creating content and you have structures and systems yeah. then you're not sitting there wondering what to post on the fly which I feel like now seems far more stressful to me totally are you batching your content still Allie yes yes I I I sit down once a month and I'll create captions and then I may next week edit all of my pictures or videos and put those together and then just plug those things in together. Yeah. 
I, I, I try that. to like think about what I want to talk about, what points I want to hit for that month and just create captions based off of those things. Yeah. I love that. And so now when you write captions, cause like that's something where, you know, I think when that's a big struggle for a lot of stylists. And so it's interesting because I mean, I can say all day long, like it's easy once you put in the work, because for me now, like it, it is easy and it's not that it was, it's simple, right? Like it, and it's not that it was easy to learn, but it's really exciting to hear you say that because I think that that's one of those things that you're on the other side of it now. Right. Yeah. And what we fail to realize a lot of the time is that when you sign up for one of these courses, like we're talking about implementing, it's really just during the learning phase that it's going to feel like work after that, it's going to feel so much easier than what you're doing now. Yes. Like if you could just make it to the other side. Yes. Yes. Just totally. stick with it and make it to the other side. <laughs> I'm very much like a person that I'm like, I need a formula. So yeah. if you give me a formula for how to do this, mm -hmm. I can get it done. I love that. So can we talk a little bit, what does your business look like today? What are you, you know, what, what are the changes that you've been able to make in your business as a result of learning, you know, all of the things you've learned as a result of learning how to price yourself properly, how to communicate with your clients, how to run your business, how to market all of those things. Like what was day one booth renter alley? like compared to now day one booth runner alley was working so hard right i was working so hard putting in so many hours and not charging enough just so that i could feel complete mm. like what the situation that i came from like if you're not working hard and you're constantly working then yeah. your value isn't there so I had a hard time seeing my value outside of constantly working. Right. So once I was able to implement these things, I stopped working Saturdays. I stopped working so many evenings and I'm to the point where now where I'm just in the salon three days a week. I'm, wow. I have my certain days that set aside during the week for education, for business to make sure that those things are actually being taken care of now and they don't just like fall to the wayside um, because mm -hmm. I've started to realize that you know those things are very important too yeah it's doing the hair and then there's making sure that everything else is a well-oiled machine it yeah. allows me to just be in the salon three days a week yeah and be present well things like marketing and things like the operations of your business those are work so yes if you're feeling overwhelmed but yet you're trying to fit those things on top of your hours in the salon. And the only thing you count as work is when you're doing hair. That I think is one of the major reasons that stylists get burnt out, particularly when they transition into being independent. And so I love that you say like you've got your time set aside outside of the salon and like you know, three days a week in the salon and then a day where you're working from home, where you're doing all the things that you need to do to run your business. If more stylists did that, they would actually be able to make the same amount of money with less hours behind the chair. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen a significant increase in my income and it's wild to think that, that you can work behind the chair less. Mm -hmm. But be making more. 
And it's because you have to put time into those systems and marketing and making sure that your business is running in order for the behind the chair part to work. Yes. If you don't, then you're going to be overwhelmed and exhausted and burnt out. Absolutely. And honestly, like our clients deserve better. You know, like that's the thing is like, if you can get it to a point where you're working hours that feel sustainable, you feel great outside of the salon, you feel good in the salon, your level of experience is going to increase so much. Your clients are going to feel more taken care of. You're going to feel better. There's not going to be that resentment because I know that's something that I definitely struggle with. Like when I first went independent and I was setting my own hours, I got a lot of my own self-worth from being the go-to stylist and being all things to other people. And, you know, it led to a lot of resentment, you know, and like, oh, I have to work all these hours. And I think it's like, once you heal that part of you that, that needs that, like you said earlier, like getting your worth from the amount of hours that you work or how hard you work or how much you hustle. Like once you can kind of separate and you can feel like, okay, this is my work. This is what I'm here to provide. And this is like a part of me that I think is so much more healthy and balanced. Yeah. And I think that your clients too want that consistency from you. Yes. Somebody may press you for wanting to come in outside of your hours, but for the most part, I feel like my clients very much appreciate they can get consistency from me. Yes. They yes. know when to expect to hear from me, when I'm going to be working. Mm-hmm. And it's not a guessing game for them. Totally. And I think that's honestly the same thing when it comes to social media too. Like I know that like if you are consistent and there's a whole bunch of statistics, like I've spent a lot of time recently, like really pulling consumer behavior statistics and looking at like trends in our industry and outside of our industry. And I do think that there is something to be said for putting the time to show up consistently and stay top of mind because it's not just for new clients, it's also for your existing clients. And that's something I've actually heard from a lot of people who have implemented on like creating their brand, creating their content planning and marketing and all that stuff is their current clients are, you know, calling to get retail instead of ordering it online, or they are, you know, making sure they're maybe booking those maintenance appointments. They are, you know, really staying on top of their relationship with the business because they feel like you're reliable. They can count on you. Yeah. So if you had one piece of advice wrapping up, if you had one piece of advice that you could give to a stylist who was going independent, what would that piece of advice be? To find somebody that resonates with what you want to put into your business. To find like a coach, somebody's message that works for you and and feels right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And stay consistent with it. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that's a really good takeaway is that there's so much information right now. I know when I first started trying to learn how to market my business, it was a lack of information. So I was really, you know, going outside of our industry, taking a lot of marketing classes, like all of these things to try and learn it. And now I feel like there's almost the opposite problem is there's like an abundance and it's like, who do I listen to? So I love, you know, you're going to be much better off finding an educator or a coach or a mentor who resonates with you 
and going all in on what they what they are teaching and really implement it and try it versus trying to pull tips and hacks from you know everywhere online yeah. and just throwing stuff at the wall because I think that is the the lead up to frustration and burnout. Yeah. Stay consistent with it. Like anything that I'm doing, I'm gonna implement it for at least three months. Yeah. See how it's working. And then go from there on making changes on how I feel like it needs to be adjusted for me and my personal business. Yeah, I love that. And that's the thing, right? Is like you don't, you can't tell whether something's working or not. It's constantly changing it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's something, we do something very similar in my business too, where it's like, yeah, we'll try something for three months and see if it works. And then oftentimes we just kind of adjust it or tweak it. And it's, it's usually not going back to the drawing board. So it's so much easier when you, when you view things as like, okay, we're going to implement this can be an experiment. We'll see how it goes. So yeah, that's brilliant advice. If my listeners want to connect with you or they have any kind of questions, where can they find you, Allie? I am on Instagram at Al, I don't remember. Allie Hale underscore 270 underscore hair. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been such a pleasure and I can't wait to see where you go next. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.